the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Well, it is an ominous-looking afternoon out there, weather-wise, so be careful on your commute home. You don't want to start the weekend with a fender bender or worse. There's already been some uh, tragic results on our highways today. Uh, One killed in a crash on the interstate and a weird situation on the west side where a uh, car intentionally crashed into a daycare center. Details on that Sullivan Avenue daycare center, babies and beyond child care. Uh, a bit uh, thin on details so far from Columbus Police. Well, we'll keep you abreast of those details as they become available here as a Friday Bruce Hooley show unfolds on 98.9 The Answer. Appreciate your time today. We will talk about schools, as we often do. Corey DeAngelis, who is a uh, school funding uh, expert and someone who has advocated for an agenda that I support wholeheartedly, which is backpack funding, which is increasing the amount of money that uh, kids can get from the state in order to attend private schools or charter schools. I mean, after all, if public school systems are going to receive crazy amounts of money per student, and those systems are not meeting parents' expectations, then I think students should get that money and be able to go wherever they want. What do you think Chicago Public Schools receives when you take the total amount of funding given to Chicago Public Schools and divide it by the number of students in Chicago? Now, I know Chicago's in Illinois. It's not here, but it's still instructive. Twenty-seven thousand dollars what kind of a private school education could you get in chicago for twenty seven thousand dollars probably a pretty good one and a much safer one and a much more comprehensive one and a much more accountable one than you would get from the chicago public schools and it's a much lower number i'm sure in columbus but it's probably around 20 grand per student which would certainly foot the bill at a waterson at a hartley uh, at a Worthington Christian, at a Veritas Academy. So we'll talk with Corey DeAngelis about that. Ohio is on track to join the number of states that have uh, approved backpack funding. Our current state budget juiced up the amount of money that kids can get through Ed Choice scholarships in the state of Ohio. But for Ed Choice, you have to be a family that is not below the poverty line, but you're not doing great financially if you qualify for an Ed Choice scholarship. Would you like to try to live on $70,000 a year as a husband, wife, and a couple of kids? Uh, that is pretty much the cutoff 
for EdChoice. So we'll talk about that. Uh, I told you yesterday our governor signed, and it seemed to me reluctantly, a bill that would disallow schools from requiring students to have to be, to be vaccinated before they return to school in the fall. Well, much to my uh, disappointment, I was correct that the governor is not uh, a believer in the fact that it's safe to return to school. Uh, his bill is not emergency legislation, thus it is not scheduled to take effect until October. And he said today that if schools K through 12 and colleges want to require students to have COVID vaccines before coming back to school, they can do so. And then when the law comes into effect in October, they would have to rescind that requirement. Uh, How disappointing which I don't know why I should be surprised because our governor has disappointed me uh, many times in the last year plus. Why not say, you know, could they do it? Sure. Uh, I would not recommend it. I have the power of an executive order if I need to use it. It seems problematic to me that any school would go down that road because the clear intent of the law Becoming effective in October is not to require those vaccines, so I can't imagine under what scenario a school would do that. And I would certainly have that on my radar as governor if they did so. Instead, he seems like he's basically goading them into doing it and telling them that they would have his approval. Right now, there are five, five colleges in the state of Ohio, private schools, that are requiring students to have vaccines. This is the difference. If it's a public school, they cannot do it, at least they can't after October, But if it is a private school, they can. So Cleveland State, which Cleveland State's not a private school, you say. You're right. It's not. But they're requiring their students to have vaccines in this brief window before the state law takes effect. Uh, The other four schools are private schools. Worcester, Wokester, they should call it. Ohio Wesleyan. You could insert woke in there, too. Kenyon and Mount St. Joseph's near Cincinnati. So uh, those are your schools at this point in time. Uh, We shall see if uh, anyone else tries to join the party. Hopefully not. Yes, I know there's a Delta variant. I'm sick of hearing about it. If you want to get a vaccine, get it. No one should force you to get it. And little kids should not be made to get it because, of course, COVID, even at its most dangerous times, was never a serious threat to kids under... 10, 12, 18, pick your age. Now, as we shift gears, uh, I thought as I sat down this morning uh, for my quiet time and my prayer time, I thought about the arrest yesterday of uh, Congresswoman Joyce Beatty. Uh, Joyce Beatty was arrested in Washington yesterday on Capitol Hill, participating in a protest over what she portrays as an attack on the ability of black Americans to vote. Uh, This is a farce. This is a lie. And Joyce Beatty knows it is a lie. I do not believe that in her heart of hearts, uh, this head of the Congressional Black Caucus genuinely believes that Efforts to require IDs 
to authenticate the vote in something as important as a presidential election, a national election, or an election for, say, her post to the U.S. Congress. I do not believe she really believes that people's right to vote is under attack. I do not believe she or Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi or any of the other Democrats who parrot this talking point genuinely believe that the right to vote is under attack. I believe they believe Democrats' ability to uh, game the system is under attack, and that frosts their pumpkin, and they don't like it, and they'd like to prevent it. So their objection is um, purely partisan, and it is, um, you know, purely self-serving, and it is very disingenuine how they state it. And that not only disappoints me, it angers me. Because I believe firmly that everyone is gifted with certain talents and abilities. And that that compels each of us to perform a certain mission, a certain purpose, a certain duty in life. Um, Joyce Beatty has been given an amazing platform. She could do a lot of good with it. Right now in Columbus, Ohio, Columbus police are stonewalled in their efforts to find the murderers of Mackenzie Ridley, of um, Olivia Kurtz, and the young lady, Jace, and I'm so sorry, I can't remember Jace's last name off the top of my head, uh, who died the other night in Hilliard. People who know are not cooperating with Columbus police. And Joyce Beatty could be using her platform, her prominence, her prestige to speak passionately to communities she serves as a congresswoman, to link up with people, influencers like Tim Clark and Tim Ahrens and many other people who have no problem going in front of the public when they want to preen and pose for some kind of perceived social intrusion on one of their favorite buzzwords like justice or diversity or equity or inclusion. Joyce Beatty could probably do a lot of good if she dedicate her platform to that. Instead, she's playing politics. She claims to care. She'll show up at the funeral of Andre Hill. She'll show up at the funeral of Casey Goodson. There's political capital to be made in those situations. She can pose with Al Sharpton. She can pose with Ben Crump. She can look like she gives a rip. She doesn't. She doesn't care about young people murdered in the city of Columbus. If she did, she'd get her butt into the community that she serves, and she'd speak passionately about the necessity for somebody to come forward and help Columbus police find the killers of those young women. Instead, Joyce Beatty takes her time to lie to you and to do so purposefully. I find that disgusting.
I find the things that she does to be an epic waste of the gift of the power and the platform that she has been given. We've lost our way in this country when we don't follow the way that laws used to be made with the House proposing them, the Senate approving them, and the President signing them. Our system is broken. It's horribly broken. And a big reason why it's horribly broken is because of partisan actors like Joyce Beatty. It is 522 Bruce Hooley Show. Corey DeAngelis joins us at the bottom of the hour. Corey's the executive director at the Educational Freedom Institute. He's also with the Cato Institute, the Reason Foundation. His business card, I don't know how it holds all Corey's titles, but he will talk with us about uh, school choice, Ohio increasing its ed choice numbers this year. That's a good thing, but we'll see if we can get them up to where you don't have to be at or near uh, the poverty line to qualify. We've been talking about uh, the misuse of a powerful platform by uh, Columbus Congresswoman Joyce Beatty, arrested yesterday on Capitol Hill. It was a stunt. She's told to leave, blathering on about voter, you know, suppression, complete nonsense. Uh, Meanwhile, back here at home, uh, we had another 20-year-old murdered last night, I believe number 108. Uh, We've had uh, five girls under 17 murdered, killed this year. Um, One of them, of course, gained national attention. Um, And four of them vanished into the ether. Three of them still unsolved. Where's Joyce Beatty on that? Nowhere. There's no political capital to be made. Let's talk with Rob in Whitehall. Rob, welcome to the Bruce Hooley Show. Our number is 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989. Hello, Rob. Hi, how are you doing, Bruce? Very good. Thank you, sir. Good. My big question is the people on January 6th, the quote-unquote insurrectionists, Yes, sir. they got arrested and thrown in a black hole for months. Still in there. And now they're only guilty of trespassing and illegal protesting. How is that any different from Joyce Beatty? Can she get thrown in a hole for a couple of months? <laughs> well, it's an interesting question, Rob, but I would say no. I would not uh, think that will happen. Uh, it's not, uh, it's not um, appropriate that the January 6th protesters have been treated the way they've been treated, 23 hours of solitary confinement, uh, painted as the worst threat to American democracy since uh, the Civil War. Uh, so I would not wish that on Representative Beatty. I'm just I'm very disappointed when people with a powerful platform choose to lie and and insult the intelligence of the voter. That you know when people lie to you, it's it's you know it's nefarious, it's despicable, it it testifies to their lack of character. But what it really is is an abject insult to the intelligence of those you're lying to. And Joyce Beatty represents. Central Ohio. She represents the heart of Columbus. She thinks so little of the intelligence of the people she represents that she feels like she can double down and continue to lie to them about the fabricated, concocted, phony scenario that the vote is being suppressed in this country. And it just is not. 
Mike in Columbus is next. He's called 844-TALK-989. Hello, Mike. Welcome to the Bruce Woolley Show. Uh, hi, Bruce. I just wanted to thank you for bringing up about Joyce Beatty. I lived in this woman's district for many years, basically a do-nothing. She is Ohio's version of Maxine Waters. And uh, again, uh, the type of things that you are pointing out about her are pretty true, hasn't really done very much, but yet she's portrayed as like some sort of sage uh, who is like an old wise kind of person who is we ought to be grateful to have in office. And it just isn't true. So I really appreciate you kind of bringing up them. And the things that you're saying about her are just spot on. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. I would love to have Representative Beatty on this show. Uh, I would love to ask her what she's accomplished for the people of Central Ohio. And um, honestly, I'd like to know if she knows off the top of her head the names of any of the girls uh, who've died during this um, horrifically violent spring and summer in the city of Columbus. Doug in West Jefferson is next on the Bruce Hooley Show. Hello, Doug. Hi, Bruce. Hey, Bruce. Um, I, I believe the the uh, guise of these politicians growing government always saying to help you is a total lie. You you said it. They know what they're doing, Bruce. They're, it's it's they're growing government to, for more control. I wish your people would understand that. But, Bruce, as a Christian man, you are, I am also, there is good and evil in the world. Bruce, we never hear that word thrown around. You just said despicable, and you said something else. What does it take for one to be recognized as evil or labeled evil? Well, I don't know her heart. I will leave her heart, the judging of her heart, to God. Um, I will give you, you know, a very transparent uh, view into my morning as I sat down to, to talk to talk to God about, uh, you know, my day and how I could best be used. I always ask. I have a podcast apart from my podcast here at the show, and I was trying to think of something I could use in the faith realm to strengthen people. And I read a chapter of Proverbs, and it just seemed to me, because Proverbs 16 was my chapter today, and this is the 16th of the month, every verse felt to me like it was steering me back to this job. And honestly, I try to get some separation from this job at some hours of the day because I don't feel like it's good for me or my family to fill my mind up with um, contentious news matters all the time. But I wanted to know how I could engage on this topic today, and I just... Telling the truth is such an important thing, and the existence of objective truth is such an important thing. And um, after I left chapter 16 of Proverbs, I leafed over into the Gospel of Mark, and I read the story about the man with many demons that was healed by Jesus, and he asked Jesus to go with him on the rest of his ministry, and Jesus said no. The man begged him to go, and the man called Legion in the Bible. Jesus said no, go home to your family and tell them about the grace of God that you have been given. And what struck me about that was that each of us is appointed with a job to accomplish our personal story, our obstacles we've overcome, our experiences in life are uniquely shaped to reach a certain person or group of people. In this man's case, who would have known better than his own family the depth of God's grace to heal him from his demonic possession? Imagine the shame that family endured in that era, having someone well-known to the community that he was their son, their husband, their whatever. And 
as I thought about that, I thought about politicians who lie willfully, who have been given a powerful platform, prominence, prestige, and who instead have lost sight of their mission to serve others and instead have bastardized it into their own personal gain. That is what angers me about Joyce Beatty and others like her. So that's a transparent look into how I prep for the show today. Corey DeAngelis on school funding next. 